On this DMV Sports Roundtable, have you given arena football a chance? The Washington Valor have their home opener Saturday night at Capital One Arena against the Atlantic City Blackjacks after starting their season with a couple losses on the road. I'm Dimitri Sotis. We have all our co-hosts in place today. Jamal Bowens, the security guard who doubles as a sports search engine. Gambling enthusiast Chris Chion, our Redskins beat reporter George Wallace. You remember last year, Washington finished with a dismal 2-11 record, sitting at dead last in the Arena Football League standings, but the AF playoff format saw each team in the four-team league qualify for the playoffs. Once that happened, the Washington Valor won it all, took home the trophy for the year. And we welcome from the Valor, Jeff Bowler, Vice President of Business Operations at Monumental Sports, and Valor Head Coach Benji McDowell. Coach, you have been with the Valor the whole time, but this is your first season, full season as head coach. Uh, what, what's new and exciting? What, what are you looking forward to? And what's happened so far? I saw a couple losses, but that's not going to continue, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had a rough start. You know, we got some new guys coming in and we're trying to switch switch up our style a little bit based off of the guys that we're missing from last year. Um, they've both been close games where we've had a lot of bad things happen for us. So that's a good thing for us that, you know, we fought through the adversity. You know, a lot of turnovers the first game, a lot of uh, red zone stops the second game and both games we lose by eight or eight and nine. So, you know, it's coming along and I think once it happens, it's going to Happen fast. And the home opener uh, against Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We play against those guys. We got a few tides with them with our quarterback and the offensive coordinator from last year is now the offensive coordinator for that team. Going back to last season, Coach, this guy, I want to ask you, that's probably something that probably has never happened in professional sports ever where you have a, a team that qualifies for the postseason and then makes a run for a championship. Explain how of a surreal experience that was in terms of going through the regular season and struggling, but being able to end the season hoisting the championship trophy. Uh, I mean, for us, we kind of had that expectation as soon as we made the change and as soon as we put some uh, key guys in situations. You know, we got a different quarterback. We got, you know, uh, dynamic receivers that we put in certain situations to make what they do best blossom. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just how we look at it and we try to just take, hey, if this guy can do one thing, well, we want to try to make it one thing that he does great. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys kind of caught on and got on board. And, you know, for us last year, it was kind of we were still in the training camp for about four or five games there. And once we hit our stride and late in the season, um, we were kind of like we are now where we're losing those close games. Right. But we know exactly what's wrong. And once we could tweak them and fix it, we kind of – came off, you know, shot up on on everybody. And I, if I, and I could just add to that, a lot of people don't realize this or didn't know it, is that we, we lost our MVP quarterback in yeah. the second mm-hmm. week of the season. We went out and signed Nick Davila in the offseason, who was a three-time Arena Bowl champion and former MVP, and he went down with a career-ending injury in week two. Mm-hmm. So we had to really reset at that point, and mm-hmm. then you know, we, we kind of looked at everything after the first four or five weeks of the season, and the culture and the, just the feeling in the locker room wasn't there and we made a coaching change. And that's when we promoted Benji. And, and and once Benji was promoted, it took a couple of weeks for the players to start believing in his system and his philosophy. But once that happened, you could see a completely different team on the field, in the locker room. They believed in what we wanted to do. We, we uh, put Arvell in as the quarterback. And, and once Arvell was in, you know, we won three of our last four games and, and won the trophy to finish the year. So it all worked out. 
And I was going to ask you that when you make a switch like that, obviously it's never easy, especially mm-hmm. you being on the staff. How, you know, what's that first meeting like, and what's how long does it take for guys to kind of? It's not like you came in from the outside, but you still it's a new voice, yeah. a new message. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it was too. It wasn't a terrible switch. It was pretty fluent, I guess, as you can call it. It wasn't as you know, whenever you, and this is. Uh, Props to Monumental, you know, they kind of went with someone in-house that I had never had head coaching experience, but it was based off the relationship that I had with the players. Mm -hmm. You know, I did do a lot of the personnel, so I have a good relationship with all the guys that come in. Uh, It just took time for them to understand my expectations. You know, I'm big on uh, everybody being accountable, so it took a couple of weeks for them to know that it doesn't matter who you are, and that goes with coaches, players, Mm -hmm. trainers, if you're not accountable for what you're doing and if you're not where you're supposed to be where you're supposed to at the time you're supposed to be something's going to be said and that goes for me too you know I tell players if you see me not being myself or not doing something I'm supposed to say something to me because we are we are all human and we have a lot going on in our head and we don't know how we you know come off from everybody else so that's that's the first thing that I think it kind of everybody was able to say what they saw and do what they feel and going about it that way kind of makes it a lot easier for me because I only have two eyes and we have 20 some plus players so I'd rather use their 50 yeah, they're 50 seeds more than my two. So, um, And I suspect that resonated with the players. That shows a great deal of confidence in you when you say, hey, tell me what I'm screwing up. Yeah. You know, some leaders, they take a very different position, which is my way or get yeah. out of here. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that works for some people, but I'm more of a, I guess, laid back, more, you know, I feel like I make the right decisions when I bring certain people in and I try to I, I kind of want to trust their opinion um, if we have people around and that's players too that we don't trust what they see and what they think then they shouldn't be here um, so when we have those type of guys around that type of model takes time I think to happen but once it happens it's a strong bond it's a strong trust factor and it's hard to break it um, so you know that that helped us get a lot of players back from last year and now we're trying to get the new guys to see that type of mindset and get them to buy in and know that it's not going to change i uh, am interested in the business aspect of the green turtle changing over to and nothing's official yet but we presume that's going to be a sports book and i gotta imagine that you're excited for that and the daily fantasy sites as well which yeah. these guys know i play it every day I'm like, <laughs> with it. Oh, um, the arena football is offered there as well so there's yeah. really a lot of opportunity for you guys there to gain a, an additional market with yeah. Uh, fans yeah and, and frankly that's one of the things that monumental and ted specifically was most interested in when he invested in the Arena Football League is the upside that we have to truly gamify this league. And so we've not only brought two teams in the league, but we've also taken kind of the onus of reshaping the entire league and and gamifying it, shorten the league, making it more fan-friendly, developing a partnership with DraftKings that is now live where fans can go and build their fantasy teams on on DraftKings. So those are all things that we're really excited about. The, The sports book in the building, we still have some things to work through before that is live, but that's obviously going to be huge and and we feel like we're out in front of it and our ownership group is embracing it and not turning away from it and we want to be out in front of all those things and be the first team 
that's really embracing that piece. And that, and frankly, that was another reason why Atlantic City was so attractive to us and why we brought that that team into the league this year as an expansion team because we feel like that's the future of sports. We know there's diehard football fans out there, but we also know that there's people interested in other things, and we want them to come to the game and, and have interest outside of what's happening on the field. Sit there and be able to put a bet on who's going to score the next touchdown or what's the score of the first quarter going to be. And, and all those are things that we're excited about in the future and growing this league. Well, I have a question that I think uh, from the coaching perspective and the front office, both of you guys can answer. Currently, six teams in the league. I know it fluctuates. Uh, I believe Cleveland may be coming on. We hope so. We hope so. Pretty soon. Is that a reasonable number? Is it a low number? Would it be better with 10 or 16 teams circulating? So we're in growth mode. Uh, The first two years that we were involved, it was about really taking this thing down to the studs and reshaping the way that the, the league operated. We negotiated a new collective bargaining agreement last year with our players, which is much more player friendly and allows our players to make a better living, have better insurance and better benefits. Now what we're looking to do is expand the league. So we've got great ownership and we need to go out and find the right markets for us. Atlantic City and Columbus, Ohio were the two that we added this year and we're looking to add four next year and then two the following year and then we'll probably settle in at 12 for probably just a year or two to let the league settle in, figure out how we're all going to interact and where we are and then probably grow again to 16 teams within the next five years. So that's that's the long-term plan. And all the momentum's there. We're, we're changing to an, a single-entity status league now so that the league will actually all own the teams and it won't be individual owners in the market. So we feel like that will allow us to be much more efficient as a league. And we're, we're excited. There's a lot of momentum. We signed an ESPN deal this offseason, so we, now our games are on ESPN and they're interested in a long-term partnership. So hopefully that will manifest after we have more teams. And, and there's just a lot of really good things happening. But Benji, as far as game plans here, it's, you know you know who you're up against this yeah, season. Yeah, I mean you do, but it's kind of rough because there is a lot of good players on each team, and we talked about it last year. Whenever we went through with four teams, I kind of compared it to that college playoff mm-hmm. type of atmosphere when you're dealing with all the best guys. You know, every when you look on the outside and you say, well. They didn't have a lot of wins in the regular season, but when you look down our roster, the type of guys that we had, you'll see that across the board. And I think it helps for the fan bases because they they'll see that talent when it's so closely net in the six teams. It's, it's enough talent out there to have, you know, 15, 17 teams easy. When you take all of that talent, you know, we're letting guys go that should be on NFL rosters right now. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you deal with, but you're also teaching a lot of things. And I like, you know, this league is kind of pushing for the players to be more than just players and coaches to be more than just coaches because with these expansions, you have to bring somebody in who understands what the league is wanting to do um, from from a basis of out in the community, from a basis of from what your players, how you want them to act, and I think with our teams and monumental teams, definitely we're doing a good job of not only worrying about on the field stuff, but off the field things with our coaches and our players so that they can take this league and grow it within what they do. Um, as many people we can have having a, a positive image on this league, the better. And I think that each team is trying its best to do that. 
And Jim, I'm curious, you know, the the reaction from players that maybe have come from other, else, other markets. I mean, you hear a lot about how, how gracious Ted is and how great Monumental is, just from anybody in the area associated with the, you know, Wizards, Caps, and Mystics. Yeah. I'm just curious on, you know, what, the, what kind of feedback you get from players that have come in from, let's say, elsewhere to what you guys offer and, the, you know, from top to bottom. Yeah, here in I mean, I'll say... Uh, when I Even came yourself, in, too. Yeah, when yeah. I came in, um, obviously I was not the head coach. I was about the third or fourth person in line and saw Ted in the uh, elevator. And he was like, hey, you Coach Benji, right? I'm glad you have you on. And, you know, that was big because I played in this league for a long time and I might have met one of the owners yeah. as a player <laughs> yeah. um, and coached in this league for a couple of years before and I never met the owner. And on my first week I met both owners. And, you know, so that's huge, you know. These guys, they you know, they know Ted by his first name. They call him Ted. You know, they know now they know Roger by his first name. They call him Roger. They're very approachable, and I think that's a more of a, you know, they've let it bleed into monumental because that's what monumental is. Um, everybody matters. Um, all of your opinion matters. It's kind of that same concept that we have on our team. You know, there's no small voices. You know, everybody's everybody's ideas need to be put out there because everybody has good ideas. It just matter if it works at that moment. I think that all comes from Ted's vision. Um, you know, when you come into Monumental, they give you the spiel of this is about bringing memories to people. And, you know, I've only been there for about three years, three and a half years, and I have a lot of memories through them that don't even have anything to do with arena football. It's just a good organization um, from top to bottom, a lot of people who care about each other, a lot of people who just want what's best for this area. Um, you know, Ted loves this area. You know, he's putting teams in left and right. <laughs> and so for us, you know, and for us, he, you know, he's bringing that into the Arena Football League. And, and you know, he, he sees things down the line and he oh, yeah. goes after it and he doesn't yeah. really care what anybody thinks about it. And a lot of times he's right on it. And with this decision with bringing, moving me into this role, you know, he, he Jeff, and Roger and a lot of people were involved in that decision, and I think that they were right on it. We'll see how the rest of this season goes, but yeah. Well, you got some proof that you know you got some hardware. Already. Yeah, right. that's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. I just want to ask business wise. Yeah. With you guys trying to expand the league and the ESPN deal, what do you learn from the AAF and uh, what's going to be the second coming of the XFL? Yeah. And you know what can you learn from their mistakes, from you know the blueprint they may have laid because AAF, AAF kind of they had. A lot of good talent. Yeah. You know, guys that you've heard before, you've seen Trent Richardson, guys like that in the NFL. And then it looks good and it kind of falls apart. Yeah. The XFL is coming back for the second time. So what do you guys, if you learn anything, if you take any weight, anything from that in expanding your league and keeping it afloat for the long term? That's a great question. And I think the, the, the thing that we try to remember is, and when we're sitting in the, in the, in the room with our board of directors and the owners across the league, and we think about this league and where we want to take it. The league's been around for 31 years, yeah. and there's a reason for that. There, there's been outdoor leagues that have come and gone in that time, and there's a reason why those leagues come, and they're short-lived, and there's a reason why we've been around for so long. 
And the reason is, is because our product is different. We don't try to be anything that we're not. We don't try to pretend like all of our players are going to make the NFL someday because they're not. Um, they're talented guys, and some guys are going to get a shot. But our guys are made to play in the Arena Football League. It's a different sport. It mm-hmm. really is. And the product itself has never been the problem with this with this league. The problem has been some of our ownership groups, some of the way that the league has been run, our collective bargaining agreements. All those things manifested this league that went from a league that you wake up on Saturday morning and see it on national TV at 1 o'clock to a league that had four teams. Right. And so what we've done is we tr- we've tried to take all the good that this league has been over 31 years and kind of reinvent reinvent the business side and reinvent the league and how we're going to operate our relationship with our players and our coaches where what kind of markets do we want to expand to do we really want to be in the biggest markets or can we be can we go find a market like Albany New York mm-hmm. that doesn't have another pro sports team and have success and we've gone there and they're averaging 10,000 fans a game and so we're looking at the big picture of what's going to be where are the right markets we, we have to go now we, we now have to go find capital investment in the league that's our next big step we need people to infuse some money into the league um, on top of what our ownership group and Ron Jaworski and his group have done. And then again, finding the right people. You know, I think we look back over the last 10 or 15 years and the big problems that this league has had. Frankly, I think you can look at the people. It always goes back to the people. Who are, who, who's running the league? Are they more about themselves and their pocketbooks? Or are they more about the good of the league? Right. We finally have a group that cares about this league in the right way, and they're, they're ready to do whatever it takes to make it be successful. So we're, we're excited, and we think that the sky's the limit for this league, and over the next five years, there's going to be a buzz nationwide about what we're doing. And I'll date myself. I, I, I'm old enough to remember when the AFL had enjoyed you by the same age. They <laughs> no, no, had you're a- talking about yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's well documented with the same age. They had an AFL uh, video game out. Yeah. Uh, Orlando, it seemed like they would win almost yeah. every year. Danny White was a coach. So I, I have, I'm old enough to remember some of the aspects Jay, of Jay what was on. was a coach. Jay exactly. Right. And a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm old enough to remember that and they were, they had a presence and it was a, it was a thing, you yeah. know. It was, it was something to see. So I, re- a lot of people, you know what I'm saying is a lot of people don't, yeah. you know. It's up until now, it's been a long stretch in between yep. until it's gotten back to that point. And I can remember when it was, you know, on that level. And the arena football was really had a voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, Go ahead, just coach. to add to that, you know, arena football has its own. Like like Jeff was saying, it definitely has its own niche, but it's. Far more exciting than the outdoor game. I've played and coached and Mm -hmm. been in a lot of different situations. And I'll say it, and I'm not being biased, arena football is just – it's a lot funner game. You know, it's Mm -hmm. more excitement. Each week you can go in and you don't have to know the teams. It's going to be an exciting game. Just because when you put – you know, when you put – 16 NFL-sized guys in a small space, 50-yard field, a lot is going to happen, you know. And and there's a lot of strategy to this game that a lot of people don't understand. It's not just throwing up a ball. It's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. But these guys take it and run with it, and they make it their own. You know, I tell guys all the time, there's a lot of guys that's in the NFL first-round type guys that could not play in this league just Mm -hmm. because the style of play is a more explosive um, side-to-side type of game. And if you don't have that explosive type speed, especially at receiver, you're not going to make it in this league long. Mm-hmm. DBs, if you can't cover, you know, you're going to be 
out of this league pretty fast, you know. Um, we've been fortunate to have guys that can do both, but it is a fun league, and, and once people see it for the first time, it's kinda, it kind of hooks you. Right. Um, have you and, seen instances with that, players that haven't been able to cut it? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time you have guys come in and it's just not for them because they can't But then have gone on. And then have yeah. gone on yeah. to the NFL. You know, I tell a story. When I was playing, uh, they had an offensive line think uh Iowa born Barnstorm Stormers Barnstormers yeah. yeah they had a guy who Kurt Warner team yeah, yeah. Kurt Warner's team they had a guy who was offensive lineman I played against him and I think he looked terrible like I had like <laughs> four four sacks against him and then the next week he got signed by the Atlanta Falcon okay. and stayed on their roster for a good time so that that's just shows you mm-hmm. the difference in the game and we're not trying to be like the NFL or the outdoor game it's just different, and we don't want to be be like that because obviously that's why those other uh, leagues fold pretty quick because mm-hmm. they're just redoing the same thing with yeah. players who are not as good as the ones that's right. doing it on Sunday. Our thing is we're doing a whole different game with players mm-hmm. who are as good as the guys on Sunday at what they do. Mm-hmm. It's just a totally different league, and um, a lot of people that's been around it, they respect it. And they know it. You know, you talk about Jay Gruden, uh, Chicago Bears coach. What's it? Yeah, uh, Nagy. Nagy. Yeah. He was Nagy. in this mm-hmm. league as a player and he coached for a little bit. So there's a lot of pedigree that's around right now in the NFL college ranks. And we just want to keep pushing that and make that continue. Do you have you to like show school? players? Do you have to – let me just piggyback on that. Do you have to uh, – I guess, you know, to get players to understand that. Like, look, we're not like the NFL. Do you see commitment from players when they come into the arena league? You Look, I'm, I'm committed here. I'm not having my foot one step out the door trying to get to the NFL. Well, you know I, mean? I think I think to even make the team, you have to commit yourself to yeah. change the thinking of how you played elsewhere. And, you know, the guys who are playing in this league for two, three years – they see it and they kind of we do a good job this league does a good job of our veterans you know bringing those young guys Mm -hmm. on and showing them because they know that it's hard and it's one of those things we only play with 24 guys now um, if you have a guy that you're just letting do bad things, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. So it's kind of everybody <laughs> brings it in as one family. Like, if you don't do well, I don't do well type of thing. Nobody wants anybody to fail. And, you know, when you get out there in the outdoor game, you have 60 players on the field. If I want to start over you, I I, I could go without telling you some stuff. Right. <laughs> of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. I like that. In this game, you know, if, if, if one guy is wrong, it could cost you. And yeah. we've had that happen. You know, for us, we move on to the – move on and continue with that guy if he's the right guy. But in the outdoor game, you're going as soon – you're in the locker room sometimes. So mm-hmm. it, that's the difference, I think. I think in the fan experience also. If you like scoring, you're going to like this game. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, this is this is going to be exciting. It's going to hold fans that like – if you love offense, you will love this league. Also, I haven't been to one yet, but I will come out here. I guarantee you. <laughs> I, I support everybody. <laughs> I will be out there. But from a fan – just watching it, it, the fan experience, you're in it. If, yeah. you, if, you, if you go to a baseball game to get a fly ball – 
You're going to go to a valid game. Oh, yeah. You'll come out with a football or two. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to give it back. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah, we, it's, we, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the fans are involved. You have the fans behind the uh, behind the goal. I mean, yeah. you're almost – y'all are real close to each other, I notice, also. Yeah. I mean, like, fans are here. You guys are here. <laughs> I've, I've uh, been grabbed and offered <laughs> beer and popcorn and everything by the fans, but it's just a part of it, and they love it. You know, we love it. It keeps it – Right. It keeps it interesting. You never know. Every different place has their different personality. When you go into one arena, that's one way. You know, Baltimore mm-hmm. has its own yeah. arena and their style. D.C. has their own arena and style. Albany has its own, so so far and so forth. And that's what makes it so much more approachable because of our guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they all understand that that's the cool part of it. Right. You know, you can't go up and – talk to Josh Norman at the game, but you can go have a drink with Mario Norman. Right. <laughs> and that's just right. the big difference between the NFL and the AFL. Mm-hmm. You know, our guys understand, hey, it's about the fans after the game is over and during the game, mm-hmm. during these breaks, it's about how the fans feel and what they see. And um, this league does a great job of showing that appreciation to its fans. Mm-hmm. And I think they they take it and run with it, you know. Do you ever uh, come across uh, uh, the word purist is most used in baseball, actually. Yeah. But is there a football purist that says what you guys are doing is some uh, deviation that they don't they don't really care for? Yeah, you know, you have the people who say there's no defense in this league and it's an all offensive league. There's no balance. And, and, and listen, it, for the most part, again, why we this league has been as has been around as long as it's been is people come to one of our games if you come to one of our games and you sit in your seat and you watch it and you really soak it all in you're going to enjoy it there's very few people that come out to one of our games and leave the arena and say that that was terrible um, so you do have some people that say it's not real football and and but if they come to a game and they see what type of athletes our guys are and they see how fast they are how big and how strong they are then they'll understand these are real football players and you know he mentioned Mario Norman Mario Norman was was playing for us in Cleveland in 2014. We were 17 and one playing in the Arena Bowl, and he got called to the Ravens camp. He went to the Ravens camp, and we we got blown out in the Arena Bowl. These are big time guys that are, again, probably just more meant for our game. And so it, it's we kind of just ignore that and say we are who we are, and, and we don't shy away from it. Does I mean, he like his brother at all? Is he like him? I mean, I think that you know they. I actually played with Mario in Georgia when his brother was coming out and there was talks about him getting drafted. Uh, He got drafted by the Panthers. That whole family has that mentality. Mm -hmm. They just rough and Mario's probably a little bit rougher than uh, Josh. (laughs) Honestly, you know, obviously he's the big brother, Josh is the little brother. If you see him interact, you know, it's kind of one of those rough each other up type of things. But Mario is, is a different type of guy. You know, he's locked in you know, if you see him on the field, you think he's about to tear somebody's head off. And off, off the field, you catch him, he's reading books and with his glasses on. And, <laughs> hey, how you doing, Coach? This is, so it's it's pretty cool. And you see that in Josh. You know, he sure. comes off and he's riding horses yeah. and all this stuff. They're just, you know, different type of guys who enjoy every part of life and every part of playing football. And it's pretty cool to me. Um, so... I had one more question about technology. We're talking about how gambling, we all carry these uh, supercomputers in our yeah. pockets sure. now. Uh, can you see, maybe not appropriate for your league, but somewhere along the way where the fan would pick the play? 
Not maybe not every play, but like run the quarterback sneak no. or you know. <laughs> well, I, 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 so it's been done, and there's been some. There are still some other smaller. Uh, obscure indoor football leagues around the country. There used to be a developmental indoor yeah, AF2 yeah. that used to be kind of our developmental league. Is that what the Baltimore Mariners were in? Yeah, well, they were in the AF1 at one point, but they've also, I think they were the AF2 uh. also, but it's been tried, and some of these new leagues, you'll you'll hear them talk about some of these ideas, but when we think about those, t- there's a lot of things we can do to make our game appeal to more than just football fans and make it fun for fans at our games. Impacting the game itself and the integrity of our game is probably somewhere we're not going to be comfortable going. Um, but we are, we're, we have an open mind. And if there's an idea and something we think we can do at our games that's going to be different and crazy and get headlines, we will try it. Um, but that's something that we've seen done before. It didn't really make a big impact. It's not like it sold 5,000 season tickets or 5,000 group tickets. And it just kind of hurts the credibility of your coaching staff and your players are kind of like, what is this? And Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a huge line to cross. I just, uh, you know, everybody in the stands, you know that they're thinking, well, you got to do this, coach. You got to do that. Why why didn't they run that guy? You know, whatever it is. Uh, But that's why there are fans and there are coaches and there are players. And and the the, the great part about our league is our fans do have access to our players and coaches. Mm -hmm. And this is, like Coach was saying, this is not the NFL or one of the other four majors. These guys are on the field every game after the game, signing autographs. Uh, we have we'll have town halls, we'll have meet and greets, and if they want to ask the coach a question and make a suggestion, our guys are open and they'll listen and they'll nod their head and have a conversation with our fans because we're all in this together. The Arena League is a, this special kind of crazy weird place where we all kind of feel like we're in this together. We've we've gone through some ups and downs together and we're still standing. And so like the fans are all part of it, our corporate partners are part of it, the media, we're all in this together and to try and make this thing work. So if a fan has an idea, they can bring it to us. And maybe we'll try it, but maybe not. Yeah, that. yeah, no, nah, probably not. Call the you know. I don't want anybody. I knew me. I'd rub the coach a little yeah, bit the yeah, wrong way there. You know, I don't want anybody calling quarterback sneaks. <laughs> I banged up. But. Uh, so the home opener this week, Saturday night. Yeah. Banner raising. What else can fans expect? So the banner raising is obviously special. Winning a championship is forever, and that's something that I hope everybody in in the area and in DC and the DMV is proud of. Uh, regardless of what happened in the regular. season, season. These guys competed for 15 weeks and put their bodies on the line, spent time away from their families. They won a championship for the city, for the organization, and that banner will be up there forever. So that's going to be a special moment. So we hope that we can pack the house and people come out and see it. We're giving away 5,000 replica banners, courtesy of our friends at Capital One. So those are really cool, legitimate, nice uh, replica banners. we got the Budweiser uh, Bud Light Party Zone going, as always, in the end zone, 49 bucks, and it's all you can eat and all you can drink, and it's a legitimate party party in the end zone every game. We sell it out every game. So there's a lot of really cool things happening, and, and we just hope fans will come out to commemorate this amazing accomplishment these guys these guys did last year. And that's where you can hang out with the coaches in the end zone, too, right? That's and, right. And offer them beer and everything like that. That's right. <laughs> they offer it more than just the end zone. It's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. But it's pretty cool, though. You know, I have I'll tell them, hey, go buy, go go grab me some popcorn. And stuff. <laughs> I won't take it, but it, hey, they'll get it for it. you. Yeah, they'll get it. We so. get a touchdown here. You owe me two beers. There you go. <laughs> I got you, <laughs> Benji, Jeff. Thank you so much. It's thank you, really, guys. Really, really pleasure to have you in. Congratulations and continued success. Thank you. Well, appreciate you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. That's Washington Valor head coach Benji McDowell, Jeff Bowler, vice president of business operations at Monumental Sports. The Valor are at Capital One Arena Saturday night at seven against the Atlantic City Blackjacks. 
the Valor's first home game of the season. They're going to raise the banner from last year's championship. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and Chris and George, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, God help us. 